0: Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the Man of the Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends and very distinguished listeners to Navigate with I.D such an honor and privilege to be with you today. I'm grateful to God for the gift of life, and I'm also grateful to God for the gift of your life too. I hope you found our series on values and culture quite interesting. Today we are going to continue on that same thread as I do a slight recap of what we had done in the previous edition and then taking us forward into the things we need to do differently. Remember, this is your business school on radio. And our goal here is to set a mark for those who have an understanding of what needs to happen in a futuristic sense. So I'm speaking to the heart of employers, employees, and those who want to run their own entities, whom today may see themselves as small or medium enterprises. Very many times, A lot of these things happen, but we don't realize that there are root causes to all the things that we see. Our nation today is bedeviled by all manner of illnesses. When I talk about having illness, there are things that are eating us from the very core. But these are what I call underlying attitudes and beliefs. They sum up to form paradigms, and these paradigms can also be classified as mindsets. So when you find the lack of productivity, which is the bane of our country and the bane of our nation relative to what we expect, you then understand that much of these values have so much been eroded. And in some cases, a lot of beliefs have come in as myths that have become self-fulfilling prophecies. And so in repairing this damage, We all need to go back to brass tags. We need to go back to the foundational aspects of it to understand the whys and the wherefores. And that in itself would help us become a lot more productive as a people. So in the last edition, we did talk about the various, what I term the various challenge and support areas, which basically speaks to the concept of high challenge and high support. And essentially, these are four different possible mindsets or positions that people can operate from at any given time. And what I did was to highlight each of these four and to give some realistic outlook as to the results that people get because of these varied mindsets, These mindsets can be captured in four different options, as I did mention. Number one, a low challenge and a low support. Number two, a low challenge and a high support. Number three, a high challenge, a low support. And number four, a high challenge and high support. You may be asking, what does challenge mean in this context? It means you're probably a first timer on this program, And so I will spend a little time just to highlight what it means. Challenge in the sense that people would see environments in which they operate have high standards and expectations. Those standards and expectations are about what can be achieved. So when you are in a space where there is a high challenge or a seeming challenge, you get a sense that people want you to achieve certain things with higher expectations while support comes in the sense that people in such settings care about their people's success. That is the people they are leading and they put themselves out to bring it about. So if you are a leader and you do not operate in high challenge, high support, what it means in essence is that you don't care about the success of your people And ultimately, you don't challenge them enough. We have looked at this as a very small cycle full of several elements. So what I said then, and I'll say again, is imagine you draw a circle. Well, you can go ahead and draw that circle. And if you put a cross inside that circle, you will have four quadrants. At the upper Part of that quadrant, if you look at it like a compass, at the North Pole, you have high support written there. At the South Pole, the South Pole of your compass, you put in low support. And then if you move to the West, which is your left, you inscribe the low challenge and then to your right, the high challenge. You will have high support at the top, below low support. To the left, low challenge, and to the right, high challenge. Automatically, you will have four quadrants there and then. Now, each of these quadrants represents something. And this is where I want to start, just to refresh your memories and also begin to challenge everyone because we all carry these mindsets. If you are working for someone or you are working for yourself or you are building within a community, a group of leaders, this is one certainty that will come. The certainty that there are certain underlying attitudes and beliefs. And I've, we've delved on this subject of attitudes over and over in the previous editions. I don't want to go back to it. But if I still recall one of the things I said to you, based on the excerpt from Charles Swindle, when he said, The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life, that to him, attitude is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes. Even more than what other people think or say or do, attitude is more important than appearance, giftedness or skill. Attitude will make or break a company. Attitude will break, make or break an organization, a community, a church, even starting from a home. Attitude can make or break any of these entities. And so it tells you the important thing about the attitude factor. It is what we as individuals, is a choice we take on every day. And we embrace for every single time we spend with other people. And one thing we cannot do is to change our past. But we cannot even change the inevitable if we continue to thrive in it. The only thing we can do is to play on one string that we have. And that one string is our attitude. And what Charles said was that life is 10%. What happens to you, and 90% how you react to it. So, if you come within that frame and look at the four mindsets I talked about, let us start with low challenge and low support, which is the lower quadrant to your left. If you have drawn exactly what I, you know, the picture I painted to you or for you mentally, when you have a low challenge, low support mindset, what it results in is apathy. There is nothing that matters. There is no zest. There is no fun. People who join teams led this way, they come to realize that their energy and enthusiasm is misplaced. What do you find in such an environment? There's low achievement and development because the people have totally given up. They are totally in a state of apathy. When you move to a low challenge and high support uh, mindset, what does that mindset bring? Straight up, it is a comfort position. This is where the expectations that are placed on people are moderate, but where they are well looked after, both materially and with courtesy. This is where people enjoy the booties and the bounties of having someone that just spoils you. You're pampered. You know, you always have a fallback. You know that whenever you see this man, he gives you what you need. It's high support, but low challenge. And You find a lot of our youth today are really falling into this seeming space. They just want comfort. They just want, don't challenge me, don't push me. Uh, But then I need this. I need this. This is what I need to be paid. And they are not... um, very ready to take on the intensity of what work presents, but they consider work to be stress. They just want something that they can take on now, make the money, enjoy life, and move on. It's a low-challenge, high-support mindset. And that mindset can even be fueled by those who want to take advantage of such people. And this is where the political class enjoy taking advantage of certain people. So they bring them either by way of giving them crumbs, they call them empowerment, or they hire them as SSAs or SAs or assistants here and there. That's why you have a retinue of them. And what they enjoy continuously is the material benefits because they feel they are well looked after. They're not challenged. They're just running around as errands boys and errands girls but we no direct focus, simply because my uncle, my brother, my auntie is in power, or she or he is the boss. All of that presents a comfort situation. Here, the mindset is that people want to or should remain dependent on the greater expertise of others. Typically, someone that they see as the overlord or... Someone that they see as a person that brings in the goodies rather than being more self directing So they don't have a mind of their own. They just want to leave off the system. That system can be anything. The third one is, that is the third mindset is a high challenge, low no support. The result of this is stress. This is the stress position. Now, you find this happening in many organizational members in a rapidly changing era. When you find, you know, um, in this era of ours where technology is taking on so much and several dimensions, you find that people are going to find themselves in a stressful mindset because though a few thrive on high challenge without support, majority do not, particularly in times of change, where new boundaries have to be crossed. It is either a sink or swim version of leadership. So, technology is getting people into a mindset of stress because the challenge is the modus operandi changing rather rapidly. New apps, new ventures, new things are being brought to the fore, but nobody's getting the support in terms of uh, the learning. And so, The problem with sinking or swimming is that some people don't ever learn to swim, and they are packed to one side. Just imagine for a second, if Nigeria were to get our electioneering process to be totally dependent on technology, a lot of the older ones will be retired overnight, because many will think they will be in this stressed position. They will not be able to vote. Why? Because of the nature and the nature of that mindset. And those who do often pick up faulty techniques will also not survive. So little wonder why the achievement is never consistent. With such a mindset, you have an inconsistent achievement, even though it could also be moderate to high because of the challenge factor. But people in this kind of mindset Rarely develop themselves consistently. They only develop themselves randomly, because what is learned, if at all, is very accidental. You know that's what they say in, uh, in pigeon parlance. In Na condition they make crayfish bent. The crayfish wouldn't have found itself in a bent position, but it's a condition. So you find somebody in a job because that is at a point of a threat. He or she is forced to learn the new habits. Otherwise, it will just slip comfortably into a low-challenge, high-support or a low-challenge, low-support mindset, apathy. I don't care what they are doing. That's their business. The last mindset that is structured within this is called the high-challenge, high-support. This is the ultimate. This is the best place to be. This is about commitment. This is where the leader makes a difference by having both high expectations of what can be achieved and actively engaging and enabling people not just to grow, but to develop, to meet all the necessary challenges. It is very important that during change and successful change, that is, this is led, consolidated and sustained. I love this part because this is what makes everything about culture come to pass or come to its fruition. By the way, I just want to say this because we are talking about values and culture. Do you know that there are several dimensions of culture? Culture we define as the way we do things. There's something called the power culture, very authoritarian and hierarchical. Do you know what that culture is? It's dominated by strong leaders with an emphasis on status and politics. That's the power culture. Very authoritarian and hierarchical. You find that a lot of that play out in our polity here because you have some very strong leaders. There is also what you can call the rule culture, R-O-R-L-E, the rule culture. This is also hierarchical, but we power exercised through rules, systems and procedures with an emphasis on predictability and correctness. In its extreme form, it's almost a bureaucracy. So it's very hierarchical, hierarchical, but we power exercised through rules, systems and pro- procedures. You can aptly say that Uh, the public service or the civil service would have been a masterstroke stroke in the role culture because power is exercised through rules, systems, and procedures. So you can predictably say this is what the outcome will be. That whole process brings about bureaucracy that you need to pass through an SCO to get to a DCO to an uh, AO before it gets to the ultimate O. That whole process brings in bureaucracy. There is also what we call the achievement culture. And this is where you find a very minute part or segment of the population thinking about making a difference. This is about actioning a purpose or goal to which the individual is committed, taking appropriate action to achieve useful things. This is where you find entrepreneurs bring up. This is where you find people that just want to, you know, they want to change things. They want to make a difference. And they come out with very salient aspects and work that makes it happen. Are you part of that generation? Then it means that your values are tapered along the lines of the achievement culture. And finally, there's what we call the support culture. These are four different cultures I've painted out. Let me speak to the support culture. Here you find motivation and bonding through close, warm relationships, trust and care, cooperation, responsiveness, and belonging. This is what the Nigeria we used to have had. It was a support culture. Or maybe you want to look at the African sense. The African setup is more of a support culture where families believe in bonding. You derive your motivation from within. There's a warm relationship between all the strands of the family, between nieces, nephews, uncles, aunties, cousins, relations. Just think about it. It's a web of support. And that's what you don't find in the other climes, the Western culture. It's not within them to have a support culture, it's a systemic culture that is empowered through the rule of the state, which is what is not so preponderant in Africa, and indeed look at our setting called Nigeria. I want you to understand why we are having some of the challenges that we are having is because we have not been able to drive a good combination of the achievement and the performance. And so, in most cases, people drop the ball. Some operate on an external motivation of command and control. Instead, what is required is an achievement-based culture. So, you don't find people measuring up what they are doing. The basic argument is that in today's fast-moving competitive world, cultures based on power or role are increasingly unsuitable for responsive entities, organizations, or businesses. So, they tend to go on a command and control type of culture because they want things to happen. But if you work in an achievement culture, you can provide opportunities for the people you lead to use their talents in ways which are more deeply satisfying. This is where the Nigerian state begins to fall on its knees because. The youths are far more in numbers and they are getting very restless. So if you want them to come through, you need to provide opportunities for them to use their talents in order to be able to get some measure of satisfaction. Because many of them want to make a difference. They want to action a purpose or goal and they will be committed to it. But if the system does not allow them to do that, what do they do? They just are there for any float sam and jet to take advantage of them. It can also make higher demands if you allow an achievement culture on the time and energy. But if it is never supported, it can lead to a burnout. And that is where we have a huge challenge. You know, friends, if I've painted a picture of culture in these four dimensions, I want you to also understand that changing a culture from, say, a role, remember I said a role culture is hierarchical, but power is exercised through rule systems and procedures. If you change from a role culture to an achievement-based one, it can never happen by itself without support. So you need to, energize ourselves, we need to energize ourselves by supporting ourselves. If we as Nigerians are going to change our country, we must understand that our values must be shaped around the culture we expect. And this is one fundamental piece I believe that our political leaders are missing. Many of them are only talking about infrastructure. No The human infrastructure needs to be intact, not the structural items of roads, of buildings, but they must come from an intrinsic aspect. That is, the attitudes and beliefs that Nigerians have, that they have the Niger spirit, as we call it, must be carved well so that those necessary ingredients, such as cooperation, responsiveness, caring, being committed to others, and having inbuilt ability to drive some connectedness would help us as a people more because we'll easily move from a role to an achievement culture. You will begin to see Nigerians want to make a difference in different spaces. And in the process, you will couch them as small enterprises you couch them as a growth to medium enterprises. Those medium enterprises will grow into large enterprises. Each of them will begin to employ other Nigerians. And before you know it, the ecosystem is rife with productivity. But what do we have now? We have a power culture, where if you remain authoritarian and hierarchical, do you know who I am? Do you know that's the boss? The chairman is coming in and everybody has to take cover. Why? Because of one person who is called the strong leader. It's all about status and politics. That's why we are not making progress because the culture we have is a power culture. The legendary Abameyadab Fela Nikola Kokuti sang a song called Power Show and that is one song that If you play today still relevant, you meet someone at the border. The immigration officer, will tell you he's not around. He will waste your time. He sang in different dimensions and even took it to the church or the mosque. There's power show everywhere because of the power culture. And it's a function of how we have structured our values and everybody wants to be in authority men that are given responsibility to serve are coming in convoys and the soldiers or military or whoever they carry as security operatives bang and destroy other cars, their sidelights and getting them out of the road. Why? It's a power culture. And the more you see that happen, the more the followers or the people become intimidated. They will be intimidated to succumb to it it's all about status and politics. When that emphasis enters, you find the average man in the home sitting down and saying, Do you know, I'm the head of this house. Even if he does not provide jack, he wants to be respected. It is the power culture that is at play. Friends, we need to bring this down to a place where our values will shape our culture and our culture as a people will make our nation rise and become great again. We'll be back shortly. Don't go away. As we look at what we need to do, there's some things we need to do to change this trajectory and make Nigeria a better place for you and I. We'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends, um, to Navigate with ID once again. Uh, It's your business school on radio. We've been looking at a very important subject, around values and culture, specifically speaking to underlying attitudes and beliefs, which we morph into the words mindset. And just in the first half, we looked at the different mindsets, four of them. And we zeroed in on those four mindsets which govern the way people are led or they lead from within and ultimately We spoke about the different cultures that emanate from such. And four of these cultural dimensions I call the power culture, which is about authoritarian and hierarchical domination, all emphasizing status and politics. And I said, this is a culture you find us mostly sleeping and enjoying as Nigerians. The second culture is a rule culture, which is also very hierarchical, but we power exercise through rules, systems, and procedures that give an example as the civil service with an emphasis on predictability and correctness. But in its extreme form, it's a bureaucracy that you'll find in our civil service or public service setting. Then we have the achievement culture, which is around making a difference. And I talked about having that in smaller numbers, but we need that in larger numbers, people with a heart to action a purpose or goal to which the individual is committed. That's where you find in today's tech world, the younger ones are, you know, they're seeing problems and they're bringing out solutions via the technology way, whether you want to call it inclusiveness, whatever it is, they are looking at making a difference. And the way this goes is by taking appropriate action to achieve useful things. But it requires an environment to thrive. That environment could also have a bit of the rule culture so that it can accentuate a lot more of what is required. The last but not the least is a support culture. And that's why um, you'll find that in Nigeria and indeed Africa, it's really a support culture. Where there's motivation and bonding through close, warm relationships, trust and care, cooperation, responsiveness, and belonging. Think about it. There's nowhere like home. For those that jackpot, they know it. When you go and then you start having a family, if your wife delivers, it's so difficult, probably, to get a nanny because you pay for it. But if you're back over here, there'll be a sister, auntie, somewhere, a relation that will come and stay with you. If your parents are not available or they are not available to do the usual mugo, um, you will have some relation that can come and stay with you. Even if you don't, there's always an opportunity for someone to be there to entrust, you know, the care of your little one with. But when you step into other climates, it doesn't exist. So there are advantages based on our own culture. But what we need to do is to accentuate a new dimension. Friends, I'm going this way because it's important that we fix our mindsets. It's important that in order to fix our country, yes, hardware can be important. Many people want to see good roads, they want to see good houses they want to see um, highways that are you know like running on the autobahn yes i agree those things work but without the software the hardware will crash it will be useless and the software today is the heart and mind of the nigerian people and i pray some of this new set of political leaders would even have their uh assistance to listen to this program and then take some healthy parts of it and share with their principals. Because all of them, for those that have campaigns and some that have manifestos, I'm not hearing or seeing anybody sitting down to deconstruct the way Nigerians think and begin to rethink because it's a new Nigeria bordered and enabled by new Nigerians. We need to renew ourselves. We need to rejuvenate our minds. We don't care about ourselves. The way we treat ourselves, we've been so polarized and we don't realize it, that it's just a few people that are benefiting from this. Even if you go to a corporate entity, the man at the top, the group MD, the MD or whatever title you want to give to him, if he's one of those that are struck by the power culture, it will knock heads. You'll find the directors all fighting themselves. Why? Because the man at the top is a power culture. He's authoritarian. And he says, I want this, whether heavens will fall or not. I want this. And in making it happen, people start fighting. But there's a huge difference. Today, success is hinged on something different, it is hinged on the ability to influence people. When you influence people to achieve common goals and purposes, it's a different kind of power. This power to influence is personal effectiveness. We must get back to the place where all of us are productive. Nigerians are not so productive. Given a healthy, rich, growing population, if we were to match it with some measure of productivity, tell me no nation will match us. Why? We have natural resources. We have material resources. But the greatest gift that God has given to us is our human resources, which are in abundance. You and I, we just need to have a deep sense of what we should do differently. This is a new power of competence. Such power is based on the person, not their position. Such power is based on the individual, not their position. So it is not a power culture where because of one president, everybody is running kata and Katakiti. And one man just feels he can rule the entire nation and call them his subjects and make a definitive statement that I want this for myself. No, today it is about personal power. It is the power based on the person, you as an individual. It is the power of competence. It is your ability to influence people to achieve common goals and purposes. That's what we need to shape. We need to shape a good culture that gives us the achievement culture, you know, embedded with the role culture where there are processes, things are not done haphazardly. We also need to have the support culture where we wrap our hands around each other in love. And in care, not minding where the person is from. The man or woman that is in your office, you don't look at her from the lens of the region of the country she is from. Look at her first and foremost as a creation of God Almighty like yourself. And so, what are two attitudinal characteristics that we need? Friends, these two attitudinal characteristics are summarized in two different dimensions. One, is positive regard. And two, genuineness. Very effective leaders and those that are developing to be leaders that consistently would deliver high performance share these two characteristics. And research has actually shown that with effective counsellors. Now, counsellors are referring to your mentors, your coaches, and people that will assist your advisors. They are your counsellors. There are people that are telling you this is the way to go. Those effective counsellors need to have these two characteristics themselves before they can help their clients. If they don't have it, you can't have it. And if they don't display these characteristics, then their clients won't respond to them. What I'm telling you right now is that we are looking up to a certain man to lead us as governor. But if the man does not have positive regard and genuineness, we are all in trouble. Because you're going to find an extreme power culture that is embedded with authoritarianism. It's an authority. He's going to sit there and say, if all things would happen, it has to be under my watch. You think the days of Pharaoh are over? A lot of Pharaohs are lurking around in different ways and in different places. They are looking for those to give bricks and stones to turn into bread. As they are authoritarian, they are building hierarchy. They have different levels from local to whatever. They will tell you at different levels they have their boys. And the emphasis is status and politics, not on support and achievement, not on the rule, not on systems and procedures, not on mindfulness, but it's about them. It's all self-centered around them. So what are these two attitudinal characteristics? Let me try to define them. Positive regard. This means having respect for the other person as an individual and a positive belief in them as a person, as an individual. Please, start today. Don't look down on your security guard, on the security guard, on your driver, on your nanny, on your colleague, because he's a young graduate. He has just started. He's a trainee. Don't look down on them. Those guys will be growing and they will grow because God has made it that every living thing must grow. can never be static. Any living thing that you find that is static is malnourished. And that's why that entity will ultimately die. Irrespective of the behavior they are displaying, please see the good in them and view them as a good, decent human being. Because they may not even know the difference. You bring someone from the village to the city, and you don't spend time to induct him on how to use the utensils, or even how to use things in the house. A lot of us bring servants from several places all around. And they've never been exposed to such lifestyle. I really, you know, imagine what the rich do. Some are so cocky, so arrogant that they forget where they're coming from. Let me announce to you that you are not a landlord. The land on which you are standing, sitting, building your house never belonged to your ancestors or your forefathers. It belonged to somebody and it has changed from one hand to the other before it got to you and it will leave your own hands and go to another person because you will not be alive to keep it. So stop calling yourself a landlord. When you go take someone to come and serve you as a a maid or to serve your household, why don't you give them some positive regard, respect? Yes, I know some of them misbehave. They don't know better. But do you know what it takes to have a cultural shock? Let me lift you from here and drop you in the the middle of Paris. You will be shocked to your marrow what the French will do to you because nobody will even converse with you in the first place. If you don't understand French, forget it. I don't understand English. And they'll move on. They don't even care. Or let me drop you right in the middle of Italy. And then you'll be shocked at what will happen to you. That's exactly what we do to people. Not minding those that come to our organization. You've just elected to appoint people and selected them through a process, which is your rule culture. When they come in, you don't show them support and love because you don't have regard for them. You see them as tools. How can you see human beings as tools? How? Then it means something is wrong with you. It means your mind is warped because you own the business That business will come on its knees because of those people. Even God himself can decide to give that business to one of them to buy from you someday. Life is a journey. It is not a dash. Things happen in life that turn around where you see where slaves become owners and when the masters become slaves. This is called life. It doesn't cost you anything, friends, to have a positive regard for the other person. Let us start having that. If we have positive regard, our campaigns, these political campaigns, in groups now, people are fighting because of some characters who want to be president or governors. Why must you bedevil your thoughts because of one man? As if when he gets into power he's going to know you or he's going to concern himself with you. It's about himself. The first question he'll ask you is, Were you the one that paid my hundred million or forty million or twenty million, whatever fee they paid to collect their membership form? Did you pay? Did you contribute? So he has every right to override you in his mind because he lacks something called positive regard. Friends, these two attitudinal characteristics are what we need. We need to, as a people, reorientate ourselves. Let us start by showing a strong support culture that will bring Nigeria back to where it should be. The second attitudinal characteristic I talked about is genuineness. What does it mean? It means you are able to express your own feelings and tell the truth, underlying truth, about your reactions to the other person's behavior. It means being direct. Open and honest with the person. Not shying away from difficult conversations. You know, I like the Yoruba proverb. And permit me if my Yoruba is not sounding very well. I think it goes thus. When you don't find the elderly around, the city gets rotten. I may not get it in terms of interpretation, but that's how far I can go. Permit me and pardon me. Where do you see the place of those that are called elders? Where do you see the place of those that are more knowledgeable? But people must be able to express their feelings. This generation of youth or teenagers are not like my own time. During our time, you could not express your feelings and talk to your parents anyhow. You can't tell your dad that I'm not going to where you are sending me you will say that to my father forget it then you will remember the day you were born first of all if you don't get a good knock but well, you get a reset one or two slaps will reset your brain but today if you give some reset mechanism they go back and they tell you oh my parents hurt me and next minute, social media calls it violence i'm not talking about the extreme where people get into bodily harm, understand where I'm going. That even as we are grooming our children now, we groom them in some regard to be gagged. Don't talk. Swallow it. If I hear a child wants to cry, you don't allow the child to express the feelings by crying. You gag the child. That is the culture we found ourselves. But is it genuine? Does it allow the child to express her feelings or his feelings. But we need to change and find a balance where people can be open and honest with a person. Yes, I know some people will take advantage of it. They will always do anyway for every 12 days in Judas. But here's where I'm going, my dear friends. Just think about it. Think about a Nigeria where we have positive regard and genuineness. Think about in Nigeria where every individual is respected, and there's a positive belief in them as a person, irrespective of where they come from, or what language they speak, or what tribe or religion, whatever they display, but seeing the good in them and viewing them as good, decent human beings. Do you know what will happen? That we will affect the entire nation with a different spirit. And so, with that positive regard, even when I'm going to serve you, you will give your heart and mind and release yourselves to come vote for me so that it can get better. And when I get in, I will then come with a spirit of genuineness. And so I'm allowing you to express your own feelings. If you don't like the way a road is start, I can come up there and say, Mr. President, Mr. Governor, Mr. Local Government Chairman, this is not working. Or in a town hall meeting, I can tell the managing director when he says Q&A in our own company, I can raise my hands and say, sir, the food we have been served in the canteen is not good enough. Many of us are picking up this entry on diarrhea each time we eat from this caterer because the MD may not even know, the board may not know but the HR or admin manager or whoever manager will be aware, but because of the authoritarian and hierarchical nature, which is truly embedded, called the power culture, nobody gets to know. So most times the people in authority may not even know. The middle belt is holding it so tight that the people don't even know that they are being oppressed, not by their bosses, but by those who are functioning within the hierarchy. That is what happens, both in private and public sectors. But that does not take away the fact that as a people, we should have a new philosophy. The values, attitudes, and beliefs for success in the Nigeria of the future, the new Nigeria, must come with positive regard and genuineness. Without these underlying characteristics, we as a people are unlikely to cause the other persons to change and to enhance their performance. And what then happens? We are productive as a people. Also, without them, the interaction is likely to be experienced as false, patronizing or manipulative. So in your setting, just imagine if somebody is one that exudes... You know, and exhibits positive regard and genuineness. They'll say, ah, this one. No matter. He's patronizing. He's manipulative. He wants to get something. And so those characteristics are downplayed because the good people are so few. They become the endangered species in our society. What do we want to do? We want to manipulate and make them look like they are false. Just look at the attitude on the streets. Nobody believes. There's no trust. Trust left a long time ago. I don't even know where trust is resident now. You barely can have people trust. Even in families. Within families, you find trust being a very difficult currency to hold. It's not there. You know why? Because truth departed. Truth left. Truth is on holiday. Friends with positive regard and genuineness, if we have them, not only is the process destined to go well, but the interaction between our people will become perfect in order for us to be successful in our endeavors. And so whatever infrastructure is built, whether it's a hospital, when you're going there, you don't think Whoever is working there, whoever is supplying drugs or medication, will not go and supply less than what it should be. Whoever is going there should also come with a mindset that I'm going to the hospital, not where they take medications and you find people dying out of the lack of sincerity on the part of the system. During the days of COVID, I had a very close friend of mine, or one of my mentees, who at that time went to one of the general hospitals. I don't want to mention names here in Lagos. And they were insisting that they had to fill the form. And the person was listed as having COVID, but the person didn't did not have because and he challenged it and said, Why can you put in where they were registering? Why do you put my name under this category? But of course I am not. But they need to populate it so that they must show that these are the patients they treated that they used what, 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 what for. Why? Trust. Truth. Mm, Departed. And so he had to fight to get his name out of that list and said he will make a lot of noise and foes about it before they saw that this one will cause trouble for us. Let us just let him go. Let's change the card. Why? Why a public servants in this space of let's just do it is because they are taking advantage of an excellent rule culture which is really yes hierarchical but the power is actually exercised through rules systems, procedures which is necessary called due process but we are the same people that try to break the process Tell the average Nigerian now to go and queue or to follow a process. The first thing they think about is how do we break it? I want to make it quick, quick. Friends, for us to get to where we want to, we need to go back to brass tacks. This is the whole subject of the matter. Underlying attitudes of positive regard and genuineness, which are part of a high challenge, high support, are even more important than the skills in whatever regard. We'll be back, friends. In the next edition, we'll be looking at what I call the OK coral That is an interesting piece because we are about building values to enable a culture that you and I will be proud to call a support culture with achievement within a role set. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a comment, please send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com, but you can also follow me on any of my social media platforms. My handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Thank you for listening and God bless you. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.